fellas, don't drink that coffee. your heart get hurt this time whoa 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 whoa! you sound exactly like the guy at the end of our podcast well that's because i do a great impression of him what's the name what's the name of that gentleman we've actually never talked about the outro to edition the percolator it's uh by a gentleman by what's his name wally wally bunting wally bunting what do we know about wally bunting well he's the world's foremost toxing and crooner by the way, the the grossest thing you could eat while podcasting is sushi. Okay, I, that was my last piece. I'm done. Yes, please. Please. I'm done. Um, We're done. Okay. Hi, Dallas. Hi, Wally Bunting. You can find him nowhere on any kind of social media <laughs> or the internet. You can find him nowhere on any site. If you Googled Wally Bunting... Some pictures might pop up, but that is a strong might. And it'll mostly be from the movie My Blue Heaven with Steve Martin. Which is amazing, because that Wally Bunting is in that movie for five minutes. Yeah. But that's not But that's not the same Wally Bunting that's doing our outro, right? Well, no. There's two... You know, oddly enough, in this universe, there can be two people with the same names. Yes. And um, so, no, it's a different person doing the outro. Hey, Dallas. Sean. Let's talk about part six, you fanboy. Okay. Well, listen, man. How do you want to do this one? Well, here's the deal. Um, a little backstory on this episode. I was actually in San Diego. There was like a thought, maybe we can all get together, you and me and John. For those of you who have been listening to the season, our friend John Lorenz has joined us. He will not be with us tonight. He has started rehearsals uh, for a play that he is, I don't know if he's directing it, but he wrote it. He's involved in it. He may be in it. Um, So we're going to be fighting to get John back on the podcast. I'm going to just say I'm kind of missing him tonight because I feel like I'm going to be really defending the show, but... There's a chance we could have seen it together. That didn't happen. You watched this which day? Because you texted me and said, like, I I quit, basically. No, 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 no. I did not text and say I quit. Uh, I watched this late Sunday night, like pretty late. Okay. And I texted you and John, and I said, I don't know, guys. I just don't know. But then you tweeted. I think you tweeted me and said, I might be out. Well, I tweeted Dish and the Percolator, which is us, but you don't give me access to it. No, um, no, 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 no. Just like I don't get the access to the Kept Faith Twitter, you cannot have the access to the... You're welcome to the access to the Kept Faith Twitter. I you actually, just can't post any pro-Giants things. I think I might have it still, unless you change the password, which you should have. Um, I'm sure you have. <laughs> so you were frustrated. Just, you were frustrated it, with this episode. The password is just Bruce Bochy number one. Um, 
I would say I don't think frustrated is the word. I think uh, angered, appalled, um, disenfranchised, okay, um, lost. Okay, lost is that's that's yeah. I get um, that one. You know, I think all of the feelings and none of them positive, except for for two seconds that I have positive feelings about this episode. There's at least more than two seconds in this that are worth like. Good being luck. excited about. Okay, I had well, to watch. I had to stop. I, I, the moment I stopped watching this, I had to go watch a happy movie. Oh, it's that's not how bad. upset I was at this movie. Yeah, yeah. Or this show, this episode. Yeah. So I don't know how you want to start. I don't know what, if you want to go through no, the episode or you. I'll tell you what. What do you want to do? Because well, here's I, the deal, man. I okay. think people are watching this show, and I so I think if you're watching, it's not like the old show where you're catching up. Yeah. With us now, it's like if you're listening, you have clearly watched the show. Yes. And, and if if not, you're crazy. Go and watch the show. What are you doing? I don't even know why you're the, listening to this. If you've watched the show, there's probably so many other podcasts that have this nailed harder than we do. But still, if you haven't watched it, you need to go watch it. Or maybe uh, Dallas would say you don't need to go watch it. After I don't know. I don't know. It's really up to you. I because here's the deal. So your your de- your father and and uh, and I don't know what you call her. Your stepmom. My stepmom. I, I always I, I forget how. Do you how know what you, a, Do you know what a stepmom is? It's that movie with Julia Roberts and Susan <laughs> Sarandon. <laughs> um, no, I do, but but I didn't know because like my, my dad got remarried when I was like seventeen, and I don't consider her my stepmom. You know what I mean? Like she's Lynn. She's a wonderful, sweet woman, and, and in fact, my daughter calls her Grandma Lynn. Uh, but uh, you know, I, well, I would never say she's well, my stepmom. Don't cheapen my relationship with Sarah, my stepmom, who my kids call grandma, who I, you know what I mean? Like, what are you, what are you trying to say? Oh, no, no. I'm not trying. That's what I'm trying. No, I I get it. I get it. Okay. Okay. I I have nothing against Sarah. She's, I've known her for a very long time. She's a great lady. Yeah. She let you stay at her house and you ate all of the cold cuts out of her fridge. That's not true. That is true. I have eyewitnesses. She did make great cheesy eggs do you remember that was the night that you said i would take a bullet for you and i and i was really drunk and i was mean to you and i said yeah chocolate bullets <laughs> because because oh. since the 90s i've been giving dallas a really hard time and i'm sorry yeah, it's a wonder we're friends um it is. i uh, go on with the story though yes Sa- no, I, sarah is sarah is technically my stepmom i call her sarah but yes no, that's fine. Well, because you know, like if if your dad got remarried and you were like seventeen, eighteen, like it's, she didn't really do any mothering of you. No, no, no I was, I was like, uh, like I was in their wedding. I was eleven. Like she's been a part of my oh, life. Yeah. For See, eleven. That's a stepmom. Yeah, you got a lot of life to live uh, with her. But she's, but they came. They were. They came to a show. Your your sister and and Sarah and and Jim, they came to a show and um, uh, your sta- stand up show. show yes, yeah. And uh, I was so happy to see him. I love those people. And uh, your dad is just uh, genuinely one of my favorite people. Um, and we um, immediately we talked about Twin Peaks. Sure. Uh, and uh, in, in your sister uh, did not know anything about it. No. 
And so she was kind of asking questions. She was like, what? She kept asking, well, what's the show about? And we could not <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> answer that. Um, and this I, was, f- go ahead. No, I think you could, you could kind of explain the first show, like the first two seasons, kind of, or at least kind the of. first season, but yeah, the third season, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't well, know what to tell you. I explained what the show was supposed to be about. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she, she, we talked for a very long time and, um, about the show. They came on a Friday night to the show. So obviously we hadn't seen part six yet. Otherwise I'm sure that's what we would have talked about. Yeah. 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 Um, but they were just, they were, they, we were all kind of in the same boat. Like we had no idea what was going on. They had expressed, uh, some different viewpoints similar to, I think your viewpoints, but I think that's because you've all been fans of the show much longer than I have. Sure. Um, and, like the shovels thing, I just you know I thought the shovels thing was such a stupid payoff. Uh, but you you liked it and they liked it and that's that's fine. I don't uh, I can see how it's funny. I just wanted more out of it, I guess. Okay. Um, but but this episode, yeah, part six, yeah. I, there was like this stuff up front with Dougie and like, again, we're like, Oh Christ. But then he shows up and he has this, the black suit on. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's slowly making the transition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that like was interesting how he was in the black suit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, he's, he, maybe he is slowly turning back into agent Cooper. And did you just say, did you just say Asian Cooper? Yeah, he's one of the four Coopers that's out there right now. <laughs> we don't need any more Coopers, Mark Frost, David Lynch. <laughs> please stop. Um, and so I, I don't know. And I didn't really understand the scene with his boss, how his boss just – maybe you can shed light on that. Um, that his boss saw something in the paperwork that made I, him like – No, I – yeah, let's talk about – I mean, like, let's just go through the things. I think this this might as well just be – Let's talk about all the things that frustrate you because maybe I have answers and maybe I'm frustrated too. But yeah, the but pa- that didn't frustrate me. That didn't okay. frustrate me. Okay. Because listen, Laura Dern showed up and that, that was, was like, amazing. We predicted that she might, well, not predicted, I, I think we hopefully predicted yeah, that yeah. she'd be Diane. And then she was Diane. And I literally I was like, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, that, like, okay. So, so, so that paid off for you because it paid off for me. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, okay, I cool. love Laura Dern. Yeah. Seriously. Amazing. And I, I and loved, I loved the wig. I love that. She's just like, hello, Albert. Like it was so awesome. Yeah. Just some weird bar. She looked like she walked out of like a 1991 painting. Okay. So here's, what's cool is that someone on Twitter posted something about from, I think this is from the, there was a book the um that there was like a Dale Cooper book and he describes Diane as looking like someone who was out of a cabaret. So I was like, Oh, what? Nice. That's so cool that they would have gone back to that book to pick that out and give her that look. You know what I mean? Like, oh. anyway, it was just so stoked. That was a great scene for me. Yeah, that was great. And uh, and so that was, you know, that was my one highlight of this episode. Besides seeing Cooper in the black suit and maybe getting some hope. But this thing with the kid, man. Yeah, no, well, that see, okay, so let's. You're bringing in also, so there's, I have issues with that scene that stem from one, being a parent with a small child who I have to worry about that every day. Like, yes, like multiple times a day. I'm a stay at home dad. If I haven't said that yet, I was, I'm a stay at home dad of, oh, oh my gosh. 
as of as of midnight, a two year old. My daughter's turning two tomorrow. A oh, two amazing. a two year old and a three year old. So I am literally all the time playing defense. Like no, 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 stay right here. Don't don't walk into the street. So. I, for my own reasons, had my issues, as, as is my wife when she watched it, of watching that scene happen. Just, mm-hmm. as a par- just as a parent who has a kid who could go out and do that. But yeah. then beyond that, that scene for me was like, the f- most frustrating thing about that scene was not that it was like overly graphic or went on too long, because I, I watched it again tonight, and there's actually kind of, there's a little bit of... It's it's a little bit of like the second time I watched it, I caught kind of there was a beautiful moment acting wise with Harry Dean Stanton and the woman who plays the mom, um, which I didn't get the first time because I was just so like, why did I have to watch this? Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing that frustrated me is like, why isn't anyone doing anything? Like, why if this happened, those people, the extras, were just like putting their hands over the faces would be like, did you catch a license plate? Like, why aren't they acting like human beings? That's mm-hmm. what, that's what made me so frustrated is like, this wasn't on the highway where no one had a good look at the truck or the guy. And we actually see the woman who was at the double R eating pie, make eye contact with Richard Horn, the bad guy, the bad kid with the, the greaser kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just so frustrating to me that no one was like, Hey, did you get a license plate? Like, why was that not in there? You know? Yeah, no, that's, that was frustrating. Um, sure. I didn't see. That's the thing. Here's my overall problem with it, Sean. Here's my overall problem with, with that kind of a scene is that I think that David Lynch has proven time and time again, and this is coming from a person who is not, nearly as invested in this show of, you know, 30 year investment or 25 year investment of the show that you and John are, that many people are. And and this is not uh, to be, to insult any of those people because I love the same kind of things for so long and they have so many flaws. (laughs) Like I I was just talking about clerks too, for God's sakes, like there, you know, I like a lot of things with it that are flawed, but my problem with David Lynch as a, as a television maker as a storyteller is that we, he went there with that. Like he went there with that. Like we all saw that because he made that decision to show us that. And for me, one, no matter how it pays off, it's not going to pay off. And two, uh, it won't pay off because David Lynch has shown us time and time again that he does not care about answering questions. He does not care about making sense of anything he puts on the screen. There is nothing to tell us that he will make sense of anything ever that he has ever put on the screen in Twin Peaks. There is nothing to tell you that any of this will pay off, that the show will pay off, that any of it is there, that it's going to be digestible, that that you're going to actually enjoy what this show ends up being. That's what pisses me off is that he puts his viewers through this kind of bullshit and then we're just supposed to go oh well i'll have to look for the mythical mystical message in it when really it's just some old man with freaking greaser hair who paints shit all day and goes like wow let's let's show a kid get hit by a truck and then like nothing's gonna ever pay off it'll never pay off I, we'll probably never go back to that street we'll never go back to that family and we may see this horn kid down the road but nothing's gonna happen to him nothing bad ever happens to, to main characters in this show unless you're freaking you know some character that 
came in halfway through the second season. Like, it's just like, it is seriously, that's what frustrates me is that I know that I had to watch something that I never wanted to see and is graphic and terrible and stupid. There's no need to see it, but we had to see it. And David Lynch will never, ever make it pay off. He's not going to do it. Even if he tried to do it, it won't, it, there's no way he could. And that's what pisses me off about this kind of a show where it's like, I'm willing to go places and try to think of things and try to like sit here with and listen to you. like listening to you and John talk about it is, is very interesting to me and I enjoy it. And uh, I enjoy cracking jokes and having fun. But like, there's, it comes a time when it's like, well, what the hell are we watching? And then it's like, there's the time and then the little the little guy with the ice pick just jabbing hey, will you people. will you stick will you stick to one thing no but that's what i'm saying it's like we're watching this graphic terrible stuff but for what like for what purpose and i i trust wholeheartedly okay. that there right. is no right. purpose Dude, go just take a lap take a lap get a bag breathe into it let's calm down let's work on this together Dallas, okay, I'm here, man. Dallas, you ignorant slut. <laughs> I there, just drink a beer and I'm going to spit it up. There are <laughs> there, there's so many things I want to say to you. First off, it absolutely 1000% is plot related that scene. The, this is not um the ring. This is not Chet Desmond disappearing. <laughs> This is this guy committing a crime. We see that woman. There, why would why would we watch that woman eat pie if not to establish that this is a character who then catches eye contact with this guy? This is going to be part of the show. He's going to get he's going to get caught, or she's going to be you know she's going to get killed. There's something plot driven in this. I are you what are you doing? Are you type Are you writing a letter with a typewriter? <laughs> Then he writes a letter with a typewriter. What the f are you doing? Are you just gonna spew all that out and not let me come back? What are you doing? Oh no, I'm listening to everything you said. Uh, my are cat you, jumped are, up on the table and tried to go after the sushi, so I had to put it away real quick. Are you are you packing a bag and leaving your family? What is happening? <laughs> after what we just spent on sushi, I don't know if they can afford to keep Dude, me around. So I disagree that this scene has nothing to do with anything. Again, this that the little guy with his face blacked out. Next to Matthew Lillard, we may never see him again. But this will definitely be a part of the show going forward. I understand your frustrations because you have you've watched Twin Peaks. I know there's a lot of moments where you're like, "What? This is not going to be explained." But I feel like, as someone who I I just don't get it, as someone who's watched as much TV as you do, that you don't see how this is going to be something. This is it was awful. It sucked. But it's not it's not one of the like mythological things that have to do with the show. This is plot driven. This is like Mark Frost. This is going to be something that drives this kid Richard Horn's story going forward. But there's no reason to show it in the way that they showed it. Other than, you know, they want it to make it as extreme as possible. I mean, like, okay, this is not little Nikki. this is not richard tremaine these are not things that were like this is stupid it's it was executed like i don't want to say executed well but it was it was i mean it's really really oh, it was effective it was really effective and there's there's i guess like, bef- like the whole point of this podcast this episode for me is to say to you 
I understand you're frustrated. To me, this whole season, when they said that these were going to be, they're not called episodes, that they're called parts, and that Lynch made this as a one huge giant movie, to me it's kind of unprecedented as we've never had to deal with TV in this sense. Whereas you're like, well, this episode felt like this and this and this, but if you like zoom back and you say, cut up some movie you love into 18 parts, there's going to be one part where you're like, I didn't love this one as much as I liked the other ones. This one was frustrating to me. It, it kind of, in a way, you're like, ah, it's not the best idea, but they were never going to show this as an 18-hour movie because the audience doesn't exist for that. So... I went into this knowing there's going to be some of these that are going to be hard to watch. There's going to be some of these that don't feel like the pacing is right. But because they didn't write it like a TV show, they wrote it like a big, huge 18-hour movie. And they had to, because of the constraints of like releasing it, cut it into hours. So this one may not be your favorite. This one might have things that are – this one might be like too many things – butted up to each other that are kind of too intense, but it's just what it is. And when we're done with this, you'll look back and go, okay, I get the whole picture now. But like, not to shoot down the idea of what we're doing, but it's almost like, it's almost kind of counterintuitive to podcast about this show. <laughs> like, like, because it's not meant to be taken as our increments it's supposed to be i think and that's not correct i think that obviously they know what they're doing they knew they were going to release it in our parts but we are supposed to scratch our heads we're supposed to wonder why we're supposed to be frustrated we're supposed to be rewarded this is different than other things that's why i love it it's but, 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 but hold on but let me ask you this i because you know you, i let you talk now you let me talk i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I, do you honestly, like, can you sit here and say, and not just on an emotional gratification level, not like on that level, but can you honestly say that anything in Twin Peaks has ever really been explained to you other than who killed Laura Palmer? But like, so like what? Like when these little things, like perfect example, you mean you brought up little Nikki. Why did we sit through that? And I know that wasn't Lynch's deal, but like, why did we sit through that? Because they didn't have um, anything. They had they had nothing to write it. I mean, they had to like create plot because they they killed. Like, okay, so this is the this is the argument about Twin Peaks. This is David Lynch's argument. Is like the mystery is what makes it. When you solve the mystery, then what is there to talk about? But it's and, a twin. It's, but unless, it's, but it's unless, like, unless it's a procedural, like you and I talked about, and every episode sure. is a mystery, and you're like, who gives a shit? So, like, these to me are bigger mysteries and ones that I kind of enjoy getting to have theories on and not necessarily be like spoon fed the answer to. No, no, no. And I'm not trying to get spoon fed the answer. I mean, hell, I've, I'm, I'm here. I'm along for the ride. Because there's enough of that TV out there. I know that spoon feeding answers is not going to happen in this TV show. But I don't feel like there have been answers ever with Twin Peaks. There's there's never been an answer. You and John, you know, and again, and anyone else, I, this is not, in, I'm not insulting. I'm saying you and John and all the other big fans 
waited for 25 years for an answer that you've yet to have. But And although I feel like there are some little pieces that have been, like, explained to some degree, like, anytime he ex- he kind of almost explains something, he does it by opening up, like, three other huge questions that you're like, there's no way this is going to wrap up. And I know it's not going to wrap up because I've seen David Lynch's work. Like, nothing ever wraps up. And so, for me, part of me is just, like, being frustrated with, a, with an artist. It's not even being frustrated with Twin Peaks. Sure, sure. It's going, like... I had to watch something that I did not want to watch that was that could have been done any other way, uh, but he chose to do it, you know, that and the murders at the end. He chose to do it a certain specific way that was shocking, that was not necessary. He chose to make it that graphic and that gnarly and that terrible. And, of course, a lot of it stems from being a father and having a kid and, and some of it just stems from being a person who just doesn't enjoy seeing things like that. Like, I've never really liked horror movies. You know, I'm not a big fan of just unnecessary violence. Like, I just, I honestly, it turns me off in any form from any filmmaker. And I just think that sometimes there's artists like David Lynch who get such a big, you know, uh, leash because people are like, oh, well, it's David Lynch. So obviously he has to have some grand scheme here. And it's like, no, what, what has he done that has ever proven to you that he, that he does, that he has a grand scheme and that, that scheme pays off. But you, you, so like, so my response to that is like, he's not your kind of artist because, no, be, because the people who like him, like he creates something that lasts two hours but then actually lasts forever because he doesn't give you the answer. So you have to use your brain. You have to talk about it with other people. Like that's what he creates. Honestly, you sound like the kid in gym classes. Like, do we have to run the mile? Like you don't have to have everything explained to you. Like it, because that's good for you. It's good for you to think about things when you read books, when you like see movies that don't just have, Okay, like a, a couple things. When David Bowie came back, <laughs> when David Bowie came back, not the last record, but the one before that, I like he put out that single. Did you ever hear see the video where it's just like these really weird, like it's like his. It reminded me of um, the Haunted Mansion, you know, where they have like the faces like projected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just him singing this really slow, sad song, and it's it was incredible. I was like so moved, and I was so happy. And I remember talking to a friend, and he's like, this is stupid. And I was just like, music, even worse than TV, is so, like, in the first 30 seconds, it has to explain to the listener what it is, who it's, like, where it's going to go. Like, there's no, there's no mystery left. You can't, David Bowie can't exist for, you know, like, 20 year olds because they're so used to just I need everything I need all the answers and so to me that's what Twin Peaks is is it doesn't cater to that and that's what I love about it like where I'm at right now this was up this episode was the most frustrating for me I had a lot of problems with it to me as like you know I, I didn't enjoy it as much but when I watched it again tonight the thing I thought about was I actually thought about my honeymoon I went to Spain and there is a painting there's a picasso painting called guernica have you ever have you seen this have you heard of this yes i actually won a trivia contest knowing that painting it is it's 11 feet 
tall by 25 feet wide. It's incredible. If you ever have a chance to be in Madrid and see it, it's like one of those moments where I'm, I'd still I'll always remember it. I feel like right now I'm being my face is being shoved into a quadrant of that painting, and I'm like, I know this is a Picasso, but I don't understand what's happening, and we are slowly having our heads pulled back from a huge, amazing canvas that we don't know what we're actually seeing. And so, like, I'm taking all of my frustrations with that in mind, that this is going to be something that we have to just kind of, you just are along for the ride. You, you're either, you're kind of either in or out because if you have to know the answers after every episode, they're not going to be there for you. It's going to be something that you kind of enjoy the ride as it goes. And when it's done, when you still, when you look back at Guernica, it doesn't just tell you everything. You still have to put your own thought. You have to bring your own like self to it to make something of it. So I can't guarantee that when this is done, you're going to have answers to everything. You're probably not. But that's not what this is. That's never been what any of it is. And that's what you're saying too. You and I are agreeing. He's not going to give you the answers to everything. But if that's what your thing is, there are other shows that will give you that. Um, well, great. <laughs> <laughs> but at this point you knew what you were doing getting into part six of this we've been doing this for like a year uh, sean hold on <laughs> uh listen I get what you're saying. By the I way, it's, that- it's Dallas's birthday is coming up too. Dallas, when's your birthday? Monday? Monday. Monday. I'm going to be 24. <laughs> um, That's why, <laughs> see, these kids in their 20s, they want their answers. <laughs> always want their answers in their art. Listen, you and I have always been, you and I have always, I think, had, a, had an, an issue when it comes to art. And, and not like an issue where like – because I think for the most part, we enjoy the same things. I think there are very few things that we we find different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, and – but I think the things that we do disagree on, I think that you you like to feel like the reason why I don't – not me specifically, but the reason why you get it and other people don't is because there's some deeper – meaning to it. And I think that's a personal thing. I think you know that. I don't think you're trying to be a uh, smart ass. You know, I think you, you understand that for you, like that Bowie song is a perfect example for you. That song means a lot to you in a different way because one, you're a musician. So you kind of get what progressing as a musician means. Uh, you understand what it's like to sit down and write a song. And I'm sure you have a catalog of songs that you've written that you're like, I could never release this probably because I don't think anybody would get it. Uh, I've actually, I've actually, I've actually thought about releasing like everything. Yeah. But, but, but you know what I mean? Like, I remember you wrote a song, um, on, I think it was touchstone inferno. Uh, oh gosh. I want to say it was wings. Mm-hmm. Wings is on that record that you were like, I don't know. Like, I think you were like that song. You're like, oh, yeah, I put a, I put kind of a weird song in there, but I'm really happy with it. And I think you, you know, for what revolver was, 
you know, you guys were definitely like a pop rock band to some degree and, and you were aware of your, of that. But I think you also have that capability of writing a song like Wings or, or like a lot of the stuff you put out on Spirit Junkie, which is different, feels different. It's You're progressing as a musician. So I think when you look at certain things like a, like a Bowie or, or other musicians that progress, you have a different understanding of it than the common person who just intakes music. Like myself, I don't, you know, I've written one song and it's I'm Scared. Um, it's a great so, song. <laughs> thank you. We, I can yeah, tell you what the lyrics not, are. That's not I'm fair. Scared. That's not fair. You you and I co-wrote music together. Yoko Yoko Amy. <laughs> Dallas and I Dallas and I have been in many bands together. One of them was called The Stomach Monkeys when we were yes. sixteen and seventeen. And we had a song called Yoko Amy. So and it, it was about That's, Yoko. I'm gonna um, end, I'm gonna end the podcast with that song. Please do. Sorry, you sorry, it? sorry, Wally Bunting. I don't think I do. Oh man. Um, anyway, so I just think that the way you take you take in things is different than than other people take in things. And I think I mean obviously everybody has a different opinion, a different point of view on things. I get what your overall statement is about the younger generation needing things to be explained or or needing to kind of get what the song is right away. I think that's why right now most music is pretty awful. Um because you just have a song comes out and in the first 20 seconds you've heard the entire song and that's Dude, what it's I'm gonna... just, just coming from like I was in that world for a while when when Reeve was on Capitol it was like this is how things are now it has to like you have to get to this at this point this like yeah. there were seconds involved okay at this second if you're not into this I was like is this how it works now really because if you listen to like songs you love back from in the you know 70s and 60s and even 80s it's like there was no, there's none of that. They broke all the rules, but now it's everyone's just playing it safe. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, 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 no. I, I, I totally agree with you, and that's what I mean. I think that you, you've been in that world, so you can see certain things like that, and and you know, I've and not to <clears throat> spout off, <clears throat> like I know more than I do, but I've been in, I've worked in television, and I've, yeah. I've been able to kind of to see how that works, and it's very similar. It's like. You know, you need to explain, like, I mean, the biggest rule of thumb is when you pitch an episode that you want to write, you need to explain within two sentences what that episode is. Sure. And so I understand that the majority of what we take in is is meant to be consumed in, in a fast pace. It's meant to be understood quickly. And I understand that. But I think that you can't. I think that you're seeing this from a, from a, from that perspective, that perspective of like, a, I don't want to ingest it normally. I know what this is. Lynch is my kind of artist and, and I, I appreciate his work and I, and I want to see it all laid out and see what he's got to offer for this show. And I think when it comes to myself and other people, I understand what Lynch is doing. That's the thing is like, I'm not an idiot and I'm not, not using my brain and I don't need the answers laid out for me. Like, I'm a here watching this <clears throat> partly because I enjoy doing the podcast. But the other part is obviously like I'm enjoying the show to some degree to keep watching it. Like, you know, it is an hour out of my day and, <clears throat> you know, sometimes more than that. And then the podcast is another hour or, or five, depending if John's on, uh, you know, so I, I, I get that like this, this is a commitment for me for a reason because I'm obviously enjoying the show. I want to see what happens with it. But that doesn't mean just because David Lynch isn't necessarily my kind of artist, one that doesn't make me any less 
uh, intuitive when it comes to art. And two, it doesn't give him, I think, free reign to do whatever he wants. And if you don't appreciate what he's doing, then you're made to feel like you're an idiot and you don't get it and you're you need your answers. No, no, no. Because no. that's not it, man. And I know you're not. A, I know you're not uh, accusing me of anything. I'm just saying for those of you who don't. Who were out there and frustrated on Twitter? It seemed like a lot of people were frustrated with this episode. I think there comes a point where it's like, well, how far is too far? Like, what are we doing here? Like, like we've we've put up with the no answers and we've put up with the long drawn out scenes and some of them beautiful artistic scenes. That Amanda Seafried scene, like we talked about, was was really uh, interesting. Even the freaking shovel painting scenes were like these beautiful, weird things that you just enjoyed watching. So I get that there's these artistic things that he's doing and that we're allowing him to do. But at some point, you see things that you don't ne- you don't need to see and you don't know there's any story. You And knowing Lynch, there might not be any story to this. There really might not be. And you have to take that into consideration. And so I sit around and ask myself, like, what – what are we doing here? What are we watching? What What is this show about and why am I invested in it? And I don't, you know, that's what, it, you know, does that make sense to you? Like, No, no, like that was my point earlier about how, why I think you're frustrated is because again, we're like, we're so close to this thing that it, frustrations are like, I, I completely understand. Like, that's why I was saying is like, until we're kind of further away, we've seen more of these. It's hard to take one eighteenth of a movie and go, okay, what did I think about this? There's going to be, we're just so close to the canvas. So like, I didn't mean to say that like, you don't appreciate art. That's not what I was trying to tell you. It was just that I think that that this is a different, this is like, (laughs) You're not like, I don't want to say you're like a trailblazer, but we kind of are because they have, no one's ever done something like this before. No one's made an 18 hour movie, chopped it up and put it on TV. So it's going to be. I disagree with that. You obviously haven't seen season three of the Cosby show. It's going to be a different experience than we've had before, which means that being frustrated is okay because this is new. This is something new that we haven't done before. And I, I disagree that there's no story because I believe that Mark Frost is a fantastic storyteller. And I think that there's a lot going on here. And I think even like stuff with as gruesome as that scene is with the Ike, the spike killing those people that actually connects a lot of these loose ends in the story that we had no idea were connected so oh if you want to explain that okay so fine so you remember the first uh, i don't remember the the guy's name he's like a he's an actor we've seen another lynch he was in uh mulholland drive but he's the guy in the the vegas like hotel building thing at the beginning from Mad Men. he was in Mad Men. he was in Mad Men. so he was in the first season i think the first uh episode and we don't know we were like who is this guy who is he connected Mm to so he gets that like red square thing on his on his computer and that's when he brings out the file now that file is the file that ends up going to ike the spike we know that because there's a little dot on it so he is the one who issues the hit on her name is lorraine and on dougie so we know lorraine was connected to the hit that was supposed to be on dougie right she's the one who those guys call 
I think it was last episode and say we like we never we couldn't we couldn't you know we didn't hit him we didn't kill him mm-hmm. and that's when she calls Argentina the little box that shrivels up into a piece of gum the show is so insane the way I'm describing it um so like we've connected all of that through through this killing because not only that people have pointed on Twitter that on her wall when he goes to when he kills her there's a box taped to her wall that's one of the boxes from the the New York uh, building where the kids were killed, the the glass box. Mm. So the the thing you so you've just connected not only the guy in Vegas but Lorraine. You've connected the two hitmen. Um, you've maybe connected Bad Cooper to this. You may have connected Philip Jeffries to this because we know that Philip Jeffries is in Argentina at one point. So. As gruesome as that was, that actually kind of tied together a lot of things for me as someone who's been, you know, following all of these different threads going like I was kind of I, I did make a comment on Twitter. Like it just seems like there's so many bad guys now. It's like, how who are we supposed to root against? But they may all be in line and kind of one, you know, one central force. So but anyway, like. You know, I I get, I totally understand your frustrations with this, but my answer to you in like, well, when is this going to pay off is that I can't guarantee you that this is Guernica. We may be zooming out and this may be like, you know, a total piece of shit. But at the same time, like, I don't feel like it's going to be. I think it's just something that we have to be patient with. And it's not... It's weird to say that it's not meant to be watched in single hours because that's how they're presenting it. But I feel like if you're going to make an 18-hour movie, you know, like if you had to watch The Godfather in 18 parts, you'd be like, okay, this one wasn't as good as the last one. And not that I'm comparing this to The Godfather, but I mean, I don't know. Like, Sure. No, I, I get what you're saying. I just think that, again, I think that's a leash that you give to Lynch because – he obviously knew how it was going to be segmented up. So that yeah. was the decision that he, he made to do what he's doing. Sure. Um, but I, I get what you're saying with the, with the point. But I don't actually – I'd be curious because there's a lot of th- questions I have about the behind the scenes. But I don't know if they wrote it in like, okay, we're going to end this episode here. You know what I mean? Like I'm curious to see if they, di- if they actually did it like that because they have said we wrote it like one big huge movie. So yeah, but it seems pretty. It seems pretty thought out because every time we end the show, we're going back to the double R. Well, yeah, I mean that's true, but I'm just wondering if they just shot all those double R scenes and they just throw them on whenever they're like, okay, this is it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Do you know what I love about this podcast that we just did is we didn't like we didn't talk about the episode at all. <laughs> this might this might be my favorite episode of Dish and the Percolator. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, can we talk? Know. Can we talk about what really matters, real quick? Sure. Heidi finally got a line. Who's Heidi? Come on, dude. Which one's Heidi? Heidi's the one from like the pilot, where she walks in and Bobby and Shelley are like, "Hey, Heidi!" Like, too busy. Oh, the waitress. Too busy jumpstarting the old man, and she just laughs. She still has that laugh. Oh, the waitress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Heidi. Yeah, that was a that was a funny scene. I think somebody on Twitter pointed out that like he hates women. Lynch obviously hates women, <laughs> um, which I don't know if that's true. I don't but think that's I mean, true. 
But that scene was very like, hey, look how stupid these women are. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were trying Uh, to make her like kind of very simple and very nice. Um, They succeeded. But they're they're also like, I think that point of that is like Twin Peaks is still like that. You know what I mean? Like the Twin Peaks has not become this like hardened, like it's still a small town. People still are like very nice. They talk that way. Um, You know what I mean? Because it's not like, there's not like a Best Buy next to the double R. It's still, it's still a small town, even in 2016 or whatever year. They're. Yeah, I think it's interesting how they have a. Um, I will say this about the show. I think it's interesting how they progress the town, um, from being like you know where we used to see. Um, oh crud! What's the deli or the diner? Oh, double R. Oh, so we're not. We're saying we keep saying the wrong thing. What's the club at the end of it? The Roadhouse. The roadhouse. So the double R, like it's interesting to see the double R and like we used to see it where it was kind of like it almost felt like it was its own standalone building. But now when we see it, it it feels like it's surrounded by other businesses and there's more cars in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, The streets are busier. I mean, obviously, the roadhouse thing is its own mystery of becoming the Casbah of uh, the Northwest. (laughs) But um, but like it's, you know, like. I do think it's interesting because like growing up, you know, and going back to Ohio in the, in the small town that my dad lives in Ohio, like in the nineties, I mean, that was a very small town and people were very, you know, quiet and kind of the same thing as Twin Peaks. There was a lot of funny characters. And then like now when you go out there, like, I mean, it's still small. There's still the same kind of stuff everywhere, but there's more people like the streets are busier. There's some yeah. bigger businesses that are there, you know, it's, so it is interesting that they kind of took note of that and yeah. didn't, didn't keep it in a time capsule. Well, I think too, like, I think they actually use just the, like, I think that town is North Bend is where all those places are. So mm-hmm. they like for whatever, for good or bad, that place hasn't like has changed, not dramatically. Like it's, it's not this become this huge city in Washington. It still has a lot of the same vibe from the original, but I thought like, I thought again, you were kind of making fun of the, the girls, but I think that's part of like just them keeping the vibe of, how small town, how small towns are, where everyone knows each other. There's, they're really nice. Shelly says, "Oh, we should treat her to pie next time." So as much as it's yeah. like, ah, oh, shucks, it's, you know, I think it's kind of realistic to what they're trying to paint as Twin Peaks. You know, um, mm. I, I know we 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 kind of didn't talk about this episode, but there was two a couple of scenes I was going to ask you about. Did you like the, um, or what did you think of the Balthazar Getty scene? Uh, remind me. This is, uh, when he's, when he's, uh, selling, selling Richard Horn, the drugs, the guy's standing there with a gun and he flips the, the dime in the air. Oh yeah. Oh, that was kind of cool. That was cool. That was, that was kind of cool. I was, that, that was interesting to me. Okay, good. Um, good. I like, cause I really like that. I watched that again tonight and I was like. It's a very like what is happening? It's one of yeah. those, yeah, yeah. Like I do think it's it, that it's interesting, and um, it is like what's going on, but like in a like in a way that's not <laughs> like in a way that felt a little more Twin Peaksy. Sure. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. The other scene I really loved was um, when Hawk Hawk finds you know he has that scene at the end where he finds those papers. In the door. Yeah. So I was curious what mm-hmm. you thought those. What, are the, what do you think those papers are? No clue, but I agree with you that like that was 
Like, see, here's the thing about the show, this episode, was that, like, the Diane thing was awesome, and then the thing at the end with Hawk was awesome. Like, I really liked that. Yeah. And it, that felt like, okay, hey, maybe we're getting somewhere here with yeah. the show. Like, um, and... I don't I I couldn't even begin to tell you what those papers <laughs> might be. Sure. But I mean, uh but it was interesting and I actually like was like, "Oh man, I want to know what those papers are." Could be uh, I was thinking uh, could be Laura's diary, maybe something from Laura's diary they never found. It in the police house? Yeah, because because um the log lady said there's something missing, and so they're like going through the the case files, you know, like the mm-hmm. So that could be part of it, I was thinking. I don't know. Interesting. I don't have a, like a really great, you know, theory on it, but just something worth. Maybe it was Leland's confession. Well, they ha- would they wouldn't they have that though? Well, wouldn't they have pages from Laura's diary? I mean, yeah, they could maybe, have had any. There was ones that were missing though. If we knew there was always ones missing. I don't know. Um, I think that Chad is going to meet a, a like a really horrible ending. No, that's not. See, no, you know, Twin Peaks doesn't do that. If they let Dick Tremaine live, Chad is living on. Ugh. Chad yeah. and Dick Tremaine are moving in together. Chad is the worst. Um, let me see if there's anything else I wanted to bring up to see what you thought. Was there any other things about this episode you want to talk about other than how uh, much you, other than how much you loved it? I think the problem. Okay, I'll just say this. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you a question and then not let you answer it. Perfect. Do you feel like the problem, and this is what I feel, is that the like the pacing and the amount of Dougie we're getting is just really, really hard to. It, it just anytime they come back to it, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Well, see, and here's the thing, man. Like, and this can't. I don't think this can be understated. Is that we look back at those who have created these amazing, iconic things. And then revisit them years later. You know, Star Wars is a perfect example. Indiana Jones. Uh, and I think that there is this there's this misunderstanding that comes with the first trek back, which is we all appreciated what the show was, but the people who created the show have no interest in what it was. Yeah. They have an interest in what it will be. Sure. And and a lot of times, you know, we get so stuck in what everything was that we just want more of that, not thinking that, well, you know, Lynch probably Lynch and Mark Frost probably sat around for the last 25 years going, well, if I ever did this again, this is what I would do. Yeah. And obviously we wouldn't know that. Um, and then I think we get offended by it to some degree that it's like, how could you turn what I love about this thing that you created into this thing that's so mundane and stupid? And I think that, you know, I mean, that's definitely the case with crystal skull and, you know, Jones, the crystal skull (laughs) was just like, how could you just take a huge shit all over this trilogy and think like, no, this is a great idea. Let's give that one another 10 years and see how it sits. I watched it like two months ago, like dude, because like they all came out on Cabernet. They all got released on Hulu, and uh, and I watched it like two months ago. And I'm telling no. you, Sean, it's bad. There's just something about it that's the whole thing is just off. Like even Karen Allen's terrible. I know. 
And Karen, um, Karen Allen is never terrible. Never. Have you seen she's a, Scrooged? She's amazing. Uh, so, you know, you think, like, I just, like, that's the thing I think about this David Lynch and Mark Frost thing, was it's like, they're coming back and they're going, well, this is the story we would want to tell now with Twin Peaks. And everyone's going, well, no, we like Twin Peaks. And I think it's that situation where you're, where you're you know what I mean? Like, we probably... I think for the most part, I, I haven't heard anybody who's enjoyed Dougie. Like maybe the first time we've met Dougie, we enjoyed Dougie. And now everyone's over it and they hate it. But like I, I have no doubt in my mind that David Lynch and Mark Frost are sitting around talking about this character going, this is great. And like, you know, it, they love the Dougie character and like they probably have this whole thing planned for Dougie. Meanwhile, everyone's going, what the hell is Dougie? Just give us Coop back. And then, and you know, you know what I mean? It's like one of those yeah. disconnects where they have this vision and they're going to carry it out. And no matter what they thought it would do to fans, they probably just assumed fans would like it because they like their stuff. You know what I mean? Like, sure. And honestly, I also don't care. I think Mark Frost probably more than Lynch, but I don't think that they care much about what the fans want. Um. I, I, I mean, yes and no, but I also I kind of like what you're saying about how they have a they have an idea. I mean, this is why if we could if we could group right Twin Peaks season three, then who needs Mark Frost or David Lynch? So they're creating this new world for us to podcast about, to talk about. I mean, Twin Peaks is this thing that was, you know, created fanzines and just like, you know, a quarter of a of a century of theories and you know so like again i talked about this before with when we were on with john is like who am i to say what these things should be but i do feel right now that that's at least for me that's the part where i'm like oh let's go back to this but yeah in the end like again like what i was saying is in the end we may be able to zoom back and say oh this is why this it was important but it's hard right now at part six to do that we're so we're still only you know what a third of the way in there's a lot to get to and, um, but again, I understand your frustrations and, you know, I have mine, but I still am, I love, I'm so happy that the show's back and I'm really, really enjoying it. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I, I kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just am trusting that there's going to be some sort of, you know, delivery in the end of this because of the two artists that I know, but I understand why you would feel differently. But yeah, I mean, this was, this has been a fun podcast to be a part of, and I wish you and John luck moving forward. So next and, week, uh, everyone, it'll just be me talking to my dog. Uh, <laughs> Theodore has not watched any of twin peaks, but I'm going to try to catch him up over the next seven days. So, <laughs> Let's hopefully a French bulldog's aptitude for indie television is higher than um I'm I'm guessing that it is. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh I think Theodore is going to be a great replacement. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I I I get what you're saying and and uh and I I understand you know, this is a world that people have decided to enjoy, and they're wrong. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I don't know. I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened in this episode, obviously, and we didn't really talk about any of it except for a few things. But, um, but I'll, I'll leave the deep dive stuff to you and John. But I, I, I think that it's like this is a this was a good conversation to have because I think that there are a lot of people who are on the same page as us right now. Sure, sure. If Twitter is any indication of that too, and and the people that I've talked to in person, yeah, yeah, <laughs> about this show, I think everyone's kind of like, well, what is going on? Like, what is going on? Yeah, and. And that's a weird place to be at, and and because it, if it doesn't, because here's what's going to happen with the show. And obviously, I don't know if they were like, this is the last thing we'll ever do with Twin Peaks ever again. So once this is over, this was all it is. Super fans, just go away. I don't know if they've said that. Have they said that? No, they're actually. Mark Frost is writing another book that's gonna that's gonna come out after this season ends. And David Lynch has said, in regards to more Twin Peaks, he said, we'll see how this one does. So I think the the what's going to happen is that if it doesn't start making sense soon to some degree, not that it has to answer a bunch of questions, but if it doesn't start giving us something that we want. I mean, so many fans, you know, freaking got boners when Diane showed up. But like if it doesn't give us more of of what we need, I think, or what the fans need, they're going to start turning on it and just like with anything, you know, they're just going to start turning on it. And then I fear that like either one, it's going to be done completely or two, that if they do do something new after this, that we're going to go back to twin peaks and people are going to hate it. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's like to, to use a whole thing from the, the star Wars prequels. It was like, everyone hated the prequels. And then JJ Abrams took it. and was like, well, I'm going to take it back. And basically remake the first one, and people were like, "Well, how dare you do that?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like you know, I I just wonder where we're headed with this, and I I fear that if it doesn't turn within the next few episodes, like I feel like there's going to be a, a pretty big exodus. Well, let on me this. let me let me answer to that. I think people who have been watching this show, who have like have been a fan of the show for as long as I have, are not going to be out at any point. Like, there's not enough things that could happen where if you were like, I've been waiting for the show the way I've been waiting for the show, that you would at, at any point be out. I mean, it literally, like, I made the joke about how it would be like Friends, like it would just be doing Friends, and I would still watch it because I'd be like, what, okay, when's it going to, what's going to happen? The, it, I don't, like, the the joy to me about this being on Showtime is like, it's already done, they can't cancel it, they've already paid for it. So like I'm going to get this this show from this these two artists that I love and like I've already at this point I've already won. I don't have to worry about ABC pulling the plug on it. It's done. I we already know we're getting a book. Like that's not going to get canceled. So if after 25 years of waiting for and waiting and thinking, well, nothing ever is ever going to happen, I got 18 episodes of of David Lynch directed and Mark Frost written Twin Peaks, or David Lynch and Mark Frost written Twin Peaks, followed by, like, and also two Mark Frost books about Twin Peaks, like, I'm good. I'm good for the rest of my life. Like, this is inc- this is so incredible that this happened, that I'm not going, oh, I really want it to make sense for everyone so that they get renewed for another season. I don't care. Like, it to me, this is, like, the coolest thing ever that we're getting even to do this, and I don't need it to be popular I don't care what it does with critics or even with fans. Like 
because to me, I'm still enjoying it, even when if people like I said, this episode I still really enjoyed. I had my parts I was frustrated with, but I don't care. I really don't care if people like it. I know that's like weird, but it's already done. We're gonna get the next twelve episodes, so. I, I don't I don't yeah. know that I don't no, know that I want I don't want it to go on for six more seasons like I don't think that I want that you know what I mean yeah I think it's just because people like you that we got Crystal Skull do you know what I mean <laughs> 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 on that note we should probably call it a night it is it is late but um, I'm glad we got the podcast this was almost not going to happen this week we were going to like roll six and seven into one but actually I think this was really important that you and I talk tonight and not really talk about the episode but just talk about Twin Peaks. So I'm glad we yeah. got to. Well, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot that happened in this episode. Do you think that Cooper ends up, like if, if Cooper comes back, that he ends up with Naomi Watts? Did we talk about the Naomi Watts scene in the in the park where she like sticks up for him with the like the two guys trying to get <laughs> yeah. paid? I thought that scene that was, was fantastic. Funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. She had kind of her first moment where you're like, yeah, okay, yes, I like you. Yeah, that was funny. What is she And the reaction to the... The reaction of the, the the thugs was funny. Yeah. We drive cheap, shitty cars or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think uh, – I don't think that Cooper ends up with uh, Jamie Watts. Janie Jones? No. I don't know, man. If Cooper comes back at all. No, come on. It's going to happen. So I have a theory. My, my prediction is <clears> – <throat> There's a preview that they put out early on where it was just like, I think it was the scene where in the beginning where Mr. C is driving through the woods, but then you see at the end of it, you see Cooper kind of come out of the black. I feel like that is the moment that we're going to, where he comes back, where we see him. Like uh, that's when he's going to be Cooper again. Cause we've seen that so many times in the previews, but we haven't seen that yet in the show. And it's mm. him wearing his black suit and he doesn't have the long hair that we can tell. I feel like that's going to be the moment where he comes back. Well, that would be nice, man. That's I could my theory. certainly use it. We need him back. We need it back. But you know what? We need a we need another episode. We're gonna get it on Father's Day. For Dallas, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Do you know what you wanna know what I got you for Father's Day? <laughs> Twin Peaks part seven. Oh, you're the best, dude. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's an early birthday gift too for me to you. So Well, listen, happy uh happy birthday to your to your little one. And uh, and happy Father's Day, man. Thanks, buddy. You too. Yeah. Um, we'll see you next time we can uh, rope John in. But um, until uh, until then, I had fun dishing the percolator with you. Bowie's early stuff was better. Mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't 
Let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.